We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. Let's get after it. It's about to be week two with the NFL. It's Kevin Jones with you, the KJ Podcast, live from my apartment in Chinatown, San Francisco. Yo, Chinatown's amazing. You get past the fish markets. You get past some of the grocery stores that don't smell what we're accustomed to. This place is rocking, man. I'm telling you, one of the most underrated neighborhoods in the country. No, I'm full of shit. Chinatown is awful. I'm dying a lonely death. I don't know what to fucking do. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to be this angry. I'm trying to be a little bit more funny, though. Why not? And I love that you're listening. And I'm going to continue to talk about the 49ers because that's my expertise now. There's going to be some random things sprinkled in. But let's dive right into the Niners. Honestly, week two, there's one chance they have at winning this game. I'm predicting a loss. I want to be clear with that. 24-13 is my initial guess. I think the 49ers will cover. Some of the spreads are up to 13. But they do have a chance to keep this game close. Seattle's offensive line already looks like the worst in the league. They've been the worst in the league for up to eight years is what Earl Thomas, that was his quote in the locker room, said, man, it's been like this for eight years with the offensive line. And it's so true. The Seahawks don't spend money investing in protecting Russell Wilson because their defense is so expensive. 
their defense shut down Aaron Rodgers, but there were so many problems with the offensive line, they couldn't win. This is a golden opportunity for these this young 49ers defensive line to rise to an occasion. Three first-round picks, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Solomon Thomas. What if they all had a good game together, attacked this Swiss cheese unit with a knife, and really kept this game close? This is a big opportunity for them. And if they don't show up, I tweeted it, it's going to be time to be a little concerned here. This is your investment. This is the engine to your football team, essentially. What's making you go, your first-round picks, you're investing it all on the defensive line here. You've got to win this week. I don't care if it's early in a new system, week two, Seattle on the road. This is football. It's the NFL. These are your talented players. These are. I, I get it. It's the old regime. Trent Baalke picked those other two guys. You picked another defensive lineman this year. I guess you can spin it if you're John Lynch and say, hey, you know, we didn't love those guys. We needed to make sure we had a stud in Solomon Thomas. But I, th- this is it right here. I-, I need to see them stopping the run, pressuring Russell Wilson. This is a defensive line game. And if it's close and the 49ers still lose and the D-line plays well, you can live with that. You can be happy with some growth in a game like this against Seattle. A lot of different storylines to get into. Kyle Shanahan loves playing the Seahawks. He chose this scheme, this unique Seattle defensive scheme with an eight-man front and one-box safety. That's what he wanted to run in San Francisco. Really, one of Kyle's signature performances of his career was throttling Seattle in that divisional game last year in the playoffs. Everyone had already started to figure out Kyle was going to be the head coach of the 49ers, and he comes out and destroys one of the most respected defenses of this decade. Listen, he doesn't have the pieces that he does in, did in Atlanta, obviously. He does know how to attack this defense, and he switches it up quite a bit. I would be a little surprised if Kyle stuck with the play-action system this week. He is a flexible coach. He, he loves his own system, but he realizes when the board is stacked and if he were to come to Seattle and expect either Beatles or Lakin Tomlinson and Daniel Kilgore and Fusco to really match up with Frank Clark and to match up with Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill down in and down out and establish a run, I don't think that's going to work this week. And granted, you can say, oh, what, Richard Sherman on the outside, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, you would rather match up with that? I think so. I think this is the week you stick Hoyer in the shotgun. You have all six of your receivers active, Victor Bolden, Kendrick Bourne, everyone up, and you mimic Almost the Patriots. You are throwing slants and quick outs and getting rid of the ball. And you don't really use a running game. Maybe you do here and there. But you don't go into this week thinking we're going to establish a run on the road in Seattle with an undermanned offensive line. So I think there will be a game plan adjustment. One thing, Brian Hoyer has never played in Seattle. This is the toughest place to play in the NFL. Seattle's coming off a loss, 19-7 to the Packers. They're not going to start 0-2, probably. I mean, they're going to be very fired up to get right against the 49ers, which they have for so many years. This is a big opportunity for the 49ers to show last week was a fluke. A close loss would do this team a lot of benefit. Like, a lot. This is when I wish I could go to commercial break or had a co-host because I'm thirsty as crap right now. I think one of the other big storylines this week, the media did a good job covering it down there in Santa Clara. How much information have the 49ers gleaned from Seattle? 
and how effective can it be? Pete Carroll was asked bluntly on a conference call about John Lynch as a broadcaster going to Seattle, getting information. Pete Carroll thought, oh, this guy's going to announce Monday Night Football one day. This guy's very in-depth. He wants the analysis. Little did he know John Lynch was building up a book. And, you know, playbooks change and players change. and It's not going to be a carbon copy, but maybe John Lynch took more how do you build your organization than X's and O's. But there's a lot to glean here, too. Think of defensive coordinator Robert Sala. Is a Gus Bradley disciple, worked in Seattle on that Super Bowl squad in 2013. He knows weaknesses for those players. He had to help cover up weaknesses. And you don't get many weaknesses from a Bobby Wagner, a K.J. Wright. Literally, they don't have a hole in that defense. They just line up and play. They're that athletic. They can do it. But... Kyle Shanahan is that gifted of a coach where any type of information that either Lynch or Sala could present him, that could give the 49ers a little bit of an edge here. Listen, I'm not, again, I'm not predicting them to win. I'm trying to find out ways in which they can compete because they need to look competitive this week. I don't want to be this guy calling him out early on, but they can't be losing 23-3 to week in and week out when you hire an offensive-minded head coach. Kyle knows that, too. They're going to have to put points on the board. He did say the one thing he loved most about the Seattle system and why he wanted to bring it to the Bay was because they don't allow touchdowns very often. Look how frustrated Aaron Rodgers was last week. And not even just the stats, just his facial expressions. He was under duress, sacked four or five times. That's rare for him. You know how good he is in the pocket at getting rid of the football? Green Bay has their own offensive line issues too, but it's, it's going to be very difficult. And it'll be a reminder to the 49ers, they need a lot more athletes on this defense. You know, ideally, Rashard Robinson is probably your number two corner. He has a long time to develop. He's still only 21 years old, his second year in the league. And he didn't play much college football too. But, I mean, you're, you know, three, four years from now, you're going to need an elite corner, like a top five corner in the league in the system. You're probably at that point, you know, you hope Bowman is still a good player. You're probably going to need someone else next to Reuben Foster. Who knows about Eric Armstead? Here's something else I wanted to bring up. Solomon Thomas looks better at playing the Leo than Eric Armstead in limited snaps on the outside, especially containing the run. That will be an interesting storyline to monitor in itself. Because this is the number three overall pick for a new regime. This is the guy they're married to. If he's better at Leo, they might line up Eric Armstead either out of position or give him less snaps because they need to figure out what Solomon Thomas does best. And you know what? That might depend week in, week out. You could see Solomon Thomas rotating all the time. But if he is consistently making plays at Leo, it's going to be hard to pull him away from that spot. Drink of water. Feeling good. We got Bengals Texans later on tonight. Deshaun Watson getting the start there. Other young quarterbacks around the league. I'll tell you what, Carson Wentz looks really good in the pocket. Reminding me of Aaron Rodgers watching film of that this week. We're watching Kirk Cousins and, and Wentz. Wentz was clearly the superior quarterback in that game. And again, I'm not gonna hammer the same points here, but I think it behooves the 49ers not to go after Kirk Cousins 
next offseason. I, I hate to keep spinning it that far forward, but you're talking about brick by brick and and uh, building a winning program here. It does start with quarterback. Brian Hoyer is getting the opportunity here, but, man, the deck is just going to be stacked up against him because then he's got Rams next week. you got Colts on the road, Redskins on the road, Eagles. I mean, which game are, are the 49ers winning? Where is Brian Hoyer going to outperform the other quarterback? You've got to hope Andrew Luck's not back at that point. That could be his first game back early October. I, I hope this team doesn't start 0-5, 0-6. There's going to be a lot of pressure and not a lot of happiness in the Bay. Across the Bay there will be with the Raiders. But again, I'm okay with the losses if the team competes. Listen, I'm a Brian Hoyer proponent for two years, $10 million, instead of forcing it with a Deshaun Watson or a Deshaun Kaiser. I don't think Kyle thought those guys were going to change franchises. Mitchell Trubisky has a chance... He looked a lot better in the preseason than I was expecting. But again, I'm, I'm a Hoyer guy for for now. I don't think this is a week where he's going to wow us because obviously Seattle's secondary, but he's a deep thrower. I just don't think he's going to have the time from this offensive line to throw the football deep. I, I really think it's going to be a lot of short passing, a lot of underneath. This is a huge week actually for Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback you get. From Baltimore, you bring him here for games like this when your receivers are probably going to be blanketed most of the time. And granted, you're going to say, oh, Seattle has amazing linebackers too. They're going to cover use check. He's an offensive weapon you got to get creative with this week. I could see Kyle unleashing him a lot more at tight end um, in the shotgun. Flair passes to him are going to work some, but just Seattle's so quick in space. That's going to be a tough matchup there. Again, I'm trying to find out ways here for this team to win. I don't think it's a week where Carlos Hyde gets 20 carries. I think that's just going to be running against a brick wall, wasting time, a lot of three and outs if you do that. Kyle's smart. He realizes this stuff. Hyde did look good on film review. Nine carries, 45 yards. He looks light. He looks fresh. I just don't think this is going to be his week. You'll see him a lot more on Thursday, probably on a short week of preparation. I think that'll be more of your traditional play action. And listen, you know what? Kyle could say, let's stick to our guns. Let's try and do what we do best. But I I just think that's fool's gold. I I think they're going to get down early, have to try and play catch up. I think it's good to kind of shock Seattle a little bit, come out in the shotgun Hoyer is accurate. You know, I mean, he has some inaccuracy, but most of his throws are going to the right guy. And that's saying a lot more than what we saw last year with Kaepernick and Gabbard. Other big storyline to monitor, obviously, Jimmy Ward. Does he return or not? This is a serious hamstring injury. You think he went down day one of training camp. That's a long time ago. I mean, Ahmad Brooks was still on the team then, penciled in as a starter. Everyone had Jeremy Curley making the team besides me. Things have changed a lot in 49er land. Jimmy Ward has not gotten a game rep at deep safety, the most important position in this scheme. I think he can play it well. I also think he's a pretty good corner. And we'll see if Dante Johnson's still able to hold his own. 
Again, I said on the last podcast, secondary was great against Carolina. They did not lose you the game at all. You get a type of performance like that week in and week out, they're going to exceed my expectations and prove me entirely wrong. I don't think that's going to be the case. So if you have Jimmy Ward struggling to adapt to free safety early and it's already the season, do you let him continue to struggle there? Do you do what I suggest and see what Lorenzo Jerome looks like at that position because he might have a long-term future there and slide Jimmy Ward down the corner? That's a prediction I think we could see play out. I'd like to see Jimmy Ward play this week even if he's not 100%. I know it's a hamstring and they don't want to push this and lose him for the season, but this is a nice place for him to step into a nice test and... Guys play hurt. I mean, if he's looking good in practice, he's as long as he's not injured, if it's a little bit hurt, if it's not feeling your best, I still think you want to see him back there. And you keep Jerome active. Obviously, you have Tart, who would probably play in their mind. be great if they did make that adjustment, though. If Jimmy Ward was out and they threw Lorenzo Jerome out there, he could struggle, too. He could in his first ever NFL game especially going against an offensive coordinator who attacks that Seattle defense every day in practice. That would be a very tough first matchup against Russell Wilson, who's a you know a top-10 quarterback, probably 9, 10, 11. He's around there. No, he has his inefficiencies. He's still a playmaker, very dynamic. So secondary, a storyline. Ruben Foster is going to be out. He's telling reporters that he's going to play. And that he's fine, he's feeling great, he's, he's got a protective boot on, high ankle sprain, he's going to be out three to five weeks, if not four to six. What's crazy is I think the two best defensive rookies in the league right now, Miles Garrett and Ruben Foster, both have the same injury, high ankle sprain, both going to be out for the first month of the season. Those guys flying around the field, I mean, it's not a common injury. You'd rather have an ankle injury every time in football than a knee because ankle injuries rarely require surgery. It's just rest and time. But again, this is a week where Jimmy Graham is looking to get going. He did not have a good game against the Packers. You're going to count on Ray Ray Armstrong a lot. I wouldn't be surprised to see Eric Reed shadowing Jimmy Graham quite a bit too, just to get rid of him. But they're going to need Reed for tackles and, and other things. But I think you see a lot of Eric Reed on Jimmy Graham. Love that matchup. And if Graham does get the best of Reed, you write that down, and you shove it away, and you say, listen, Eric, when contract negotiations come up later this offseason, that was not good. You know, the 49ers are going to build their own book here against Eric Reed negotiations. They obviously want him to play well. They're obviously going to put him in positions to play well. But they need to know, is he a Cam Chancellor type? Can we put you on a very good tight end? Can you make plays? So big week for Eric Reed too. I, I predicted him to have a breakout year in this scheme. Didn't really see it much week one, but I think he'll be more active up in Seattle. Uh, Pete Carroll is 12-0 and at home in September since taking over this franchise in 2010. And the 49ers are hoping Kyle Shanahan can come close to Pete Carroll. This is a competitive team year in and year out. The NFC West, they, they've they owned it. The 49ers had that little blip with Jim Harbaugh, and it was a tremendous blip in the radar where they were the uptick, the talk of the league. 
they just didn't sustain it. And this is why you hire Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. You hope they can sustain success. Jed York bet on personalities here as much as he did X's and O's. He bet on these two guys coming together, enjoying each other's company, not blaming each other, not drawing lines in the sand. Lines aren't going to get drawn in the sand this year. But if it's 0-2 on a short week, it's a lot of pressure. Keep saying that word pressure, but it's the NFL. Kyle knows it too. One of my favorite quotes right when he was hired from him was adversity. You learn who you can build your team around. You learn what players react well to losing, who gets too low, who gets too high. So this is not going to be a wasted season for the 49ers, even if they go 3-13. and They're going to be able to weed some people out and hopefully pluck a few from this current crop that are going to be a part of a long-term future here. You'd hope their draft picks are guys that are responding well to losses and having the right attitude. And granted, Chris Collinsworth picked the 49ers this week. There are a couple of experts picking the 49ers to shock the Seahawks who think who are down on the Seahawks, who just think their offense is whatever. And if Kyle Shanahan knows how to attack the Seattle defense, the 49ers might actually have a chance. Oh, man. It's been a good time for me. Really good time to reset. Look at my life. Look at how low Cumulus paid. What some of these other companies are paying. I honestly have no idea what is going to be next. And that really excites me. But for now, I really do enjoy talking about this 49ers team. I know Kyle Shanahan's philosophies well. I know NFL trends pretty well. And I appreciate you guys listening. I see the numbers and I'm encouraged. And I love talking to you guys on Twitter. I miss writing some. But this is a great outlet to interact with you. Wish I had a co-host. This is really freaking hard flying solo. I'm going to take flight lessons solo. You learn how to fly a plane by yourself. You can do a podcast by yourself. God damn, man. Alright, if anyone ever wants to join me in Chinatown, we can hang out. Hit me up. I don't have that many friends here. I really expected the Bay Area to be more friendly. It's a little petty. People get upset about little things. I thought honesty would be normal out here. You say the truth sometimes, people's feelings get really hurt. It's okay. I grew up on the East Coast. I'm I'm adjusting. I'm, I'm learning to do the white lies do things better I feel like I'm Bill Burr right now just saying whatever I want it's kind of nice well anyways I'll have pods Mondays and Thursdays we'll recap 49ers and we'll preview 49ers until next time my friends Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family has 
big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up? Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just six bucks at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High fashion. Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.